0: Is the title of this devotion. I still find forgiveness one of the sweetest things. I, I tell you the truth, I love that mercy, oh, that unfailing mercy and love of my heavenly Father. When I have struggled with something, I felt, oh, I shouldn't have thought that, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have looked at that, or, you know, and I feel my conscience is being weighed. It's being weighed down. And I go, oh, Father, I'm so sorry, Father, forgive me. Father, I, I repent of it, Lord. And then, oh, there comes that loving, loving goodness. As it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse, uh, what is it, 9. If you confess your sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you, forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You see, my loving friends, we need to live in that consistent forgiveness of our loving Father and keep a tender heart. And yes, by His Spirit growing and growing the nature of Christ in us from within, we begin to shun that which would cause us to stumble in the past. And we embrace by His living Spirit and word in us, we attract to ourselves that which pleases the Father. And so, yes, we change, as I talked about yesterday. But no matter how much you've changed, as long as you're in this body, there may be a moment where the Holy Spirit makes you aware, you know, this is where your heart is being weighed down. And you can say, Lord, I repent of that. Please forgive me. And I know some people, when they think of forgiveness, they only think that that's for sinners, not for saints. That would be like the man who would say, you know, I told my wife that I loved her when we got married. What do you mean? Tell her I love her. I haven't changed my mind. That is absolutely ridiculous, that way of thinking. I tell Virginia, I don't know how many times a day that I love her, why? Why, because she doubts? No, because it overflows in me and it keeps bubbling like a fountain out of my heart and I feel that love and I say, oh honey, I love you. And she says, oh, I love you too. I love speaking love language and part of the love language between our father, if there's anything, We say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry that I've told Virginia, I don't know how many times. Oh, darling, I'm so sorry the way I reacted to Please forgive me. And she says, yes, I forgive you. We believe in keeping the marriage clean, folks. If you don't clean up your mess, then those things, they lay around for a moment of conflict to cause a lot of pain and damage. So you've got to keep things clean. That doesn't mean you have to live like this, afraid somebody's going to get upset. No, it's a tender heart that wants to please and do what's right. Oh, listen, dear friends. David, if anybody lived in that kind of loving relationship with the Father, it was David. He kept his heart tender before God. And he kept his heart in that faith that his father was for him and not against him. And he had that spirit about him. And he says here in Psalm 32 verse 1, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, who no longer has things to hide, who's not anymore having to be deceitful because he has some shame in there, some guilt in there, some... No, he has nothing to hide. He's an open book. The blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whom spirit is no guile, no deceita. He's not being, he's not acting on the outside what he's trying, by trying to hide something on the inside. No, you're not like that. You just have a tender heart. You know, he says, I acknowledged in verse five my sin to you and my iniquity. I did not hide from you my iniquity, my deceptiveness. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin, Selah. Take a moment, think about it. You forgave, you forgave the iniquity of my sin. What is the iniquity of my sin? I knew it was wrong what I was doing, but I did it anyway. I knew I shouldn't look at that. I knew I shouldn't say it, but I did it. The iniquity means you know that it's wrong and you do it anyway. You know and you sin. Iniquity. And, and, and that is makes, you know, if you make a mistake and completely innocent that that was wrong, it's still wrong, but that's different. But when you know to do wrong and do it, that's sin the Bible teaches us. And he says, you forgave the deceitfulness of my behavior. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. In other words, when his heart is clean before you, no matter what challenges he faces, they will not overcome him. I just so... Love the kind of heart that keeps itself right and clean in God's sight. And what I want you to see is this here in verse 6. For this cause, everyone who's godly shall pray. You see, it is a godly thing to keep your heart pure before God that Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 8, the pure in heart will see God. You've got to keep your heart clean. You've got to keep your heart pure. you got to guard your heart to not get weighed down with things that maybe little embarrassments, little shames, begin to just clog up the channel of loving. Tender fellowship of the Father. You gotta keep it clean. You gotta keep it pure. You gotta keep it innocent before the Heavenly Father. When the He says, This is why the godly pray, because there's forgiveness with God. When the disciples said to the Lord Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus said in Matthew 6 here, starting at verse 9. In this manner, manner, you see, prayer has a manner. In this manner, pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Give us this day. Give us this day and forgive us. You see, there's people that have faith to ask God for provision, but they don't have that daily discipline of keeping their hearts and minds pure and right in God's side. but taking responsibility. Even Peter in Matthew 18 said, Lord, if my brother comes to me seven times in a day and apologizes for whatever he's apologizing for. I forgive him. And the Lord says, no Peter, not seven, 70 times seven. And he explains. And that has some real strong depths in the scripture. And Jesus explains that there was a man who had a debt that nobody in their lifetime could repay and because he humbled himself and pleaded for mercy all was forgiven in other words he says there is forgiveness with god that is so enormous that nobody could help you but god alone to remove that stain that pain from your heart that shame that guilt that deep-rooted anger, that deep-rooted malice and envy and resentment that is hidden in there because forgiveness didn't shield you, didn't uphold you, didn't keep you, didn't clean you, didn't purify you. you. You allowed it to fester in there and you never allowed it to be cleansed or maybe it was done to you and you were wounded and you were bruised, but you never really stayed sufficiently, see, in the hands of the healer for that to be completely healed, and it's still not totally healed. And I understand you can have been in His hands a long time and the Lord says, you've got to stay here so I can keep you safe while I keep daily healing you and filling you with loving mercy and forgiveness. There are certain things that we've experienced in our past that if we do not live in the shield of loving forgiveness, they will try to come back and fester in us again. But they cannot touch you if you stay under the blood of His loving mercies and forgiveness. And here the Lord says, pray in this manner. Let it be a manner in you, oh, Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, as I forgive. You see, you gotta keep the river that comes from the throne of mercy flowing in and through your heart, that river of mercy that river of forgiveness, where mercy triumphs over judgment. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, the accuser, the devil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. For if you forgive men their trespasses, Jesus says, while he is finishing teaching them about prayer, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men that trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see, if you do not extend that mercy you have with the Father, because He's continuing this. This is not separate. This is part of the, of the Lord's Prayer. He says, neither will your Father forgive you. Our Father who is in heaven, you cannot Live in the forgiveness from the Father if you do not continuously, constantly, daily pass it on. Forgive us this day as we forgive this day. This day, Father, I want the river of your forgiving mercies to flow. The title of this devotion is Forgive as you are forgiven. You want to live in that flood of forgiveness. Jesus says in Mark chapter 11, which is a famous chapter here, he says in verse 25 and 26, whenever you stand praying, you see how powerful prayer is? Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you, your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. When you're in prayer, and all of a sudden it comes to the service, this this resentment, this offense, this irritation, this hurt, this pain, forgive, release, let it go, let it go. Oh Lord, you've been so merciful to me. You've washed me in the blood of your son. You loved me while I was yet a sinner but dying for me and I release this. Father, I don't want this in my heart against them. I don't want this hurt. I don't want this anger, this offense, this resentment in my heart. No, Father, I love them. I bless them. I release them. I pray your grace and... The river of forgiveness is healing you and empowering you to heal. It's cleansing you and empowering you to cleanse. It is forgiving you and empowering you to forgive. Do you see it? What Jesus says while you're praying. And then he says here in Luke chapter 6. Oh my goodness. This is so phenomenally powerful in verse 36 through 38. Therefore, be merciful just as your father is merciful. (laughs) Wow. You mean to say to me, forgive as you are forgiven, that I can experience the mercy of God for sinners, for people who've done wrong, who have failed, who've hurt, who've wounded. Oh my goodness, friends, can you ever? Can you ever? And when the church does not have this river flowing through it, surely the enemy will devour it. The only way that the church stays in authority of the adversary is if they keep that river of mercy and forgiveness flowing freely the devil's always looking whom he may devour with his cruel accusations and reminding people of the hurts and pains and not letting go of the mistakes others have made and and look what jesus said you know judge not be merciful judge not and you will not be judged condemn not and you will not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together And running over will be put into your bosom for the same measure that you use will be measured back to you. When you use a measure of mercy, a measure of, no, Lord, I don't want this to be held against them. No, Lord, I I don't want them to be condemned because of of this. No, Lord, I don't want this. No, Lord, I, I want forgiveness for them. Lord, I want the shame gone. I want the pain gone. I want the anger gone. You know, one man, he had gotten so upset, he was throwing a stone through my window. And I, I felt so burdened for him. I knew he was being tormented to have to make such an effort to get a stone to ride on it, to come to my house at night and throw it through the window. I thought, my goodness, he's being driven with a lot of upset feelings. So I was praying for him and praying for him and the stone stopped coming. And one time I saw him and I hugged him when I saw him because my heart just burst with all that forgiving love that, 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 that's been praying over him. And, and God gave peace to us and healing and reconciliation, folks. You, you want to live in the river of forgiveness. Let me close with you out of Luke chapter 7, please. There's this phenomenal story here that I love. It's a true story. Verse 37 of Luke chapter 7. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. That Perfume, so to speak, was a year's wages, 300 denarii, which is about a year's wages. And she stood at the feet of the Lord Jesus, verse 38 of Luke 7, behind him, weeping. And she just couldn't stop weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her hair and wipe them with the hair of her head. Again, she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with that fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. It was the reasoning in his heart saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him for she is a sinner. Do you see the hardness of his heart? Do you see the judgment? Do you see the accusation? Do you see the way he looked down on her? Do you see the harshness of his heart? The offense against her failing. He he was offended with her. And so when she was shown love, it irritated him. It, It really irritated and he even began to judge Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, that's 500 days' work, and the other 50, 50 days' work, big difference. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Now tell me, Simon. "'Therefore, which of them will love him more?' Simon answered and said, "'I suppose the one whom he forgave more.' And he said, "'You have rightly judged.' Then he turned to the woman, Jesus, and he said to Simon, "'Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet.' but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but she, this woman, has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but the woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to her, sins, yes, Simon, I agree. There are many are forgiven for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Who is this who forgives? You see, nowadays you have so many people, if you tell them something wrong about somebody, they they get upset with you. It's called gossip, it it, it is not good, it's bad folks. That in itself is sin. He said to the woman, your sins are forgiven, your faith has saved you, go in peace. So what's the point in closing? Simon had no forgiveness in his heart, why not? Because he had so little love, he had so little love. He didn't even have much love for Jesus. Jesus had never done anything wrong, and yet he had no real love for him. You see, some people, they think, when you have unforgiveness, when the river of forgiveness doesn't flow from you, you think you're justified in condemning and judging people because what they do is wrong. And what you say is wrong, is is wrong, yes. But you feel you have the right to look at them and condemn them. But Jesus had never done anything wrong. And Simon had no more love for Jesus than he did for that woman. He even judged Jesus. If this was truly a man of God, he would know what kind of woman that was, you see. So it wasn't a woman's failure that caused him to have these thoughts. No, my friends, these thoughts of unforgiveness lived in him. Do not excuse yourself by accusing somebody else. Come on, friends. Have a heart of forgiving love like Jesus. Let him fill your heart with loving forgiveness. And that when you see somebody who has failed, It comes out of your heart. Oh, Father, thank you for your grace for them. Thank you for helping them. And that you want to love them and bless them to help them overcome instead of condemn them, instead of hold it against them. Come on, let's open the floodgates of mercy and forgiveness and forgive even as we are forgiven. And I'll tell you the truth. When you live this way, God will be able to do miracles of reconciliation and restoration. God will do miracles to take away the failures of others when you stop holding it against them. I don't want to be a prison keeper. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to captives and the opening of prison doors in Luke 4.18. The Holy Spirit's anointing is to empower us to speak in a way to people that the prison door of failure opens, and they can see change in their lives because now we're giving them the encouragement. There's hope for them. I once spoke to a man who had sinned badly, and everybody knew it. And. The Holy Spirit gave it in me to have time with Him. And my dear wife said to me as I left the house, she said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I said, oh, darling, I'm so grateful. I have no idea. My heart is completely at rest. I totally look to the Lord. And I went there a few minutes before I got to the house. This love came from the throne of grace. Oh, it was heavenly glorious. And I hugged the person and greeted the person. And we were talking as if there was absolutely no condemnation, no charge, no accusation. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know what this is. I feel hope filling me while we're talking. He said, I thought it was all over. So what's the use? I've ruined it all. It's over. He said, but I feel there's hope. And God did miracles. You see, when you come with the kind of love we see in Jesus towards that woman, it's amazing how we can see miracles in people's lives. Amen? Have a good day.